What um what are they beating on back there? Probably their meat, dog. Because <laughs> it's a kitchen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, beating their meat. Yeah. Hello. What's up? We are Fantasy on Draft. Welcome to episode numero 18. I'm NMFL. That's Nick Motherfucking Land. With my co-host, Miyagi Pocock. You can call me Pochamp. That's what we'll call me today. Yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> we're going to insert the We Are the Champions song here. Uh, Miyagi, you're a champ. Dude, fuck yeah, I am. And it felt so goddamn good. Oh, man, I believe it. It, it was a, uh, first of all, it seems like a two years since we recorded. It must have been the longest week in the history of mankind. Um, Monday's game was the longest game, like, two weeks of uh, my life. Yeah. Um, first of all, the game was horrible. And then second of all, it didn't go the way you wanted, even all the way to the very end. And so that's... But we're talking about you. Let's Dude. let's celebrate <laughs> your championship. Well, it, uh, I can I can talk about Monday night too because I was going against somebody who had two players in that game, two big players, Deontay Johnson, Nick Chubb, and I was up significantly. I was up by fifty, but any any day both of those players could drop a twenty five burger on you. Yeah, so, I needed fifty from Chubb. So yeah, it um, you didn't quite need fifty. I would have taken it. <laughs> yeah, um, but. It, it it was uh it was it was great um like that slowly building anticipation in the fourth quarter where I can start feeling really good and start feeling really excited and start just talking shit to things that aren't alive in my room like that's right motherfucker you're my speaker you play that shit so I can hear it because I'm the goddamn <laughs> champ like <laughs> my, my kids were uh, my kids were laughing at me they they can tell when when uh, daddy's winning um, they can tell when I'm losing. Um, but they, they, they were all, they shared in the uh, enjoyment and excitement with me while my wife just kind of rolled her eyes and was like, cool, so is the season done then? I don't have to hear about it? <laughs> like, no, no, never ends. No, no, now you have to hear about me being a fucking champ all year. Well, I'm a champ too. Hell yeah, you are. Yeah, it was a, a best ball league that only had three humans <laughs> and the rest were computer auto-drafted. That's right, you beat me in but I beat you in the in the ship, and uh, now you owe me a burrito, and Trevor owes me a burrito. I'll get you a burrito, man. Boom. Um, <laughs> how did other matchups go? I tell you, my my championship game didn't go well. Uh, it started off hot. I had the Patrick Mahomes and uh, Kelsey stack. They you know had a touchdown early, twelve points for one touchdown. It's always awesome. Really quick, really really quick in that game. Mahomes was playing playing very well. I was really stuck on Mahomes or Stafford, and I went Mahomes. And especially in the beginning of the game, I made the right call. Mahomes was on. He had two hundred yards in the first half. Yeah, and then he just stopped. <laughs> And they gave everything to Daryl Williams, who I was playing against. And in the afternoon games, I actually I shut him off and started doing something else. It was, you know, just hoping that if I wasn't watching, my team would come back. And it didn't. I was out of it for the whole, you know, I was just, it was bad. And then the Sunday night, I was playing against Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. And I was like... I was losing, I don't know, I was winning by like a couple points, like two or three points, but I was certain that they were just going to both blow up, and they didn't, which was almost worse. Yeah. Because it gave me a chance for Monday night, and uh, so I went into Monday night down, I think, eight or nine points. I had Nick Chubb, he had Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson caught that early touchdown, and it was over for me. 
Yeah, it, it, what's really tough, because I was watching your game almost as closely as I was my game, because I have to podcast with you, and you were going to be unbearably sad if you lost. Yeah. And um, the, the fact that like what you were hoping for towards the end of the game actually did happen. The running back broke off a 40-yard touchdown right, run right. just for the wrong player, just, just to show you, like, oh, yeah, it for sure could have happened, um, just not for your guy. Fuck you. <laughs> and um, it, 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 was, it was a slow bleeding out of just, like, torture and misery. <laughs> yeah, to top it off, it, uh, it made our champion a champ, 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 Ugh. which hurts my soul. I always see people on the internet, on the Facebooks and all those things, talking about how they've won three in a row or they've won, you know, three of four or whatever. And I always think to them, to myself, like, their leagues suck. There's yeah. no chance that any of my leagues would let somebody win three in a row. Three in a row. And not only did my league, but I personally, I had a hand in it. Yeah. I lost. And t- not to compare, you know, apples to oranges here but in a different in a different league he beat me for a championship also same fucking guy and yeah for, for me it made it so bad because i don't know if we talked about it on the podcast because we've talked a thousand times since last week about lineup decisions but you know i was going so back and forth on my lineups for that league and basically i made the two wrong decisions i started amari cooper and DeAndre Swift, who I was, I was pretty, I was pretty locked in once I heard Dan Campbell say I, he was yeah, going to, but, um, you know, I left DK on my bench because he's been, you know, he hasn't been doing much. We'll just say that. And, um, I left Daryl Williams on my bench too. So I had the win. I, that, that's so much worse for me. It's like when I have the decision to make and I make the wrong decision and the winning lineup is on my bench, it just, it fucking sucks. Yeah, no, that's tough. But, you know, we tell some of our our friends here that play with us that are newer, you know, we tell them if your process in the decision-making was correct, that sometimes you have to, you know, let those go. And I think that I mean, I know you struggled with it, but I think your process was right. I mean, when Campbell came out and said that he was going to give Swift all that he could handle and more, how do you not, you know, how do you not start Swift with Daryl, you know, over Daryl Williams? Yeah. You know, and then DK and Amari, uh, Amari is kind of a hit or miss guy, but DK has just been missing for seven, eight weeks now. So Yeah, and my thought with that was, too, like, Dak was showing that he's kind of back to form the previous week, and so I wanted that offense in my lineup. And Russell Wilson has still been struggling with that thumb until this week, right. or that index finger until this week where he throws up four touchdowns. Um, but, it, you know, it, yeah, the, it wasn't just a wild guess. I wasn't just going off sleeper projections, like put the highest numbers in. So, like, I, I feel okay. It just sucks still losing to the same same yeah. guy, knowing yeah. that I had the winning ones on my bench. And when you when you think over every single scenario in your head so many times, there's always times you're like, fuck, I had that guy in my lineup, yeah. and then I yeah. took him out. And so, yeah. Yep, that's the way it goes sometimes. Our, our redraft, our work league... Uh, where I blew you out in the <laughs> toilet bowl, by the way. Fuck yeah, you did. <laughs> ah, it wasn't even sucker. close. <laughs> um, but in that league, you and I were in the toilet bowl, and the other toilet bowl participants are all established, multi-year, multiple-time league winners. And the two guys playing for the championship, 
One guy, I think it's his second year, but last year he was kind of half in, half out. Yeah. And the other guy names his team second place scoundrels because he got second one time. That was a highlight of his years career. ago. <laughs> um, and there's probably, I, I was kind of trying to do some quick math and guessing a little bit, but I think there's probably a combined 16 years total between the six guys that were in the, the championship bracket. And then in the toilet bowl bracket, there was easily 50 plus years. Yeah. Yeah, like we've been at it for a minute. Yeah, yeah, and I was, I mean, in the in the the top bracket, the winners bracket, multiple people, either first year or second year guys. Yeah, and it's, it, again, it's what I I spoke about a little bit earlier. The um, amount of time that I've spent getting used to Dynasty, I've I've fallen off on my redraft skills because I I don't know what trade values worth and trading is such a huge part of, of oh, fantasy yeah. and uh, it's i made yeah. one trade in three redraft leagues all year yeah and, and it's hard to, it's hard to win like that yeah and um you know it's i'll still always be there's still a couple of redraft leagues i'll always be in um but it's i don't know i i can't think of a comp where it's just like okay well it's it's like i still like riding bikes but i'm gonna drive a car you know yeah yeah <laughs> i think that I think we've gone pretty heavy into Dynasty and the redrafts. Yeah, it's hard to, you know, you. There, I don't know if luck's the right word, but you can luck into a guy that you drafted late. You know, all these people that drafted Cooper Cup, but you know, much later than what he ended up putting up. You know, they end up having a great year. Where in Dynasty, you build it and it takes a little bit of time and you yeah. do trades and you you mold your team into what something that you yeah you had like. to acquire cooper cup and then hold on to him through years to get to this boom year right or, or trade, trade dj Moore and all your picks for him and yeah. then have him not get a hundred yard game after you have him i'm not bitter it's so rough like when that's I, I was looking back i think statistically it was the second worst game of the year he had 95 yards yeah i know yeah totally <laughs> i think He's he so only good. had four receptions that's what it was instead of his normal 10. <laughs> we had another dynasty league um where the winner of the league oh this one's hilarious and the loser of the toilet bowl had the same regular season record yeah that's just it gets to it goes to show you guys don't give up right like do right. not give up you can uh, they were what six and eight is that their yeah and yeah. um i and mean this this guy was situating himself for draft picks and he kind of backed into the playoffs and he had amon ross eight brown rashad penny which we'll get into a little bit later yeah and just just killed it like yeah. he rode it all the way and gets himself a championship like and it was that was that his first championship too? I think so. Yeah, that's yeah. that's. I mean, that, never give up. Don't ever give up. Like yeah. there's people they start out zero and two, zero and three, even zero and four, and they're like, oh, I'm done, and they don't do any movement or activity, and then you know stuff like this happens all the time. Like it's not maybe not six and eight to a championship, but people people make it to the playoffs with a 500 record. Like even what I was saying in uh, when I made it to the little Orange Fanny League, like make it to the playoffs. You can make yep. some noise. You never know. You never know. So that that's awesome. For sure. Um, guys, welcome to week 18. It's the first week 18 ever. The first week of what should be the off season. If you play a week 18 championship, stop it. Yeah, just stop doing that. Seriously. Uh, you know, maybe you think you get an extra week of football, but you don't. You get an extra week of shit. 
and you deserve shit for playing week 18. <laughs> Uh, too many teams don't have anything to play for and sit players. I mean, already, you know, uh, the Packers, yeah. they're probably not going to play their guys very much, if at all. Already the Browns, Baker's already out. Um, Joe Burrow is not playing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, what's, what's weird to me is if, if you dedicate a whole year to fantasy football and then you want, an, a, you want a championship to ride – on a decision of people sitting their players, like say you ride Aaron Jones or Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams to this championship only to get the rug pulled out of you during championship week. That's the fucking worst. And it happens every year. Every year. And I mean, even in a year, this year, first time, there's yeah. only one bye in each conference. Yeah. So only one team gets it. So I feel like the second to last week, week 17, which used to be, you know, week, right. week 16, um, was super competitive. There yeah. were so many teams playing everybody and playing as hard as they could to try to, you know, to win. And then to, yeah, to just lose that yeah. seems dumb. In championship week. Yeah. For, like, that's... You do better, guys. If you're, if you're a player in a league like this, like, talk to the commish and just point out everything we just said and how silly that is. Like, it's... Yeah, I promise you, it's not an extra week of football. It's not. It's it, it it's like having a great like steak dinner and having the last bite be jokes on you. It's dog shit. <laughs> I mean, even you know, even like we're done. Our our seasons are all done. Miyagi's the champ. We've done it. Wait, you what know, was that? Miyagi's the champ. Oh, fuck yeah, We've okay. done yeah. it. I'll edit that out, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but like football this week's not even going to be that great to watch in a lot of the games. Like to watch. Yeah. Like the Packers game is not going to be a game that you're going to uh, you know. I mean, here in Chico, we have tons of Packer fans. Yeah. And the people watch it, but no one's going to be super excited. Yeah. You don't want a fantasy, you know, championship to ride on that. And then what do you do? Because Matt LaFleur has already said, here's, you know, this is the thing. <laughs> Matt LaFleur's came out and said, we're not resting anybody. Yeah. Okay. So do you play Aaron Rodgers? Do you play Aaron Rodgers over, you know, Jalen Hurts? I mean, you probably don't have both them, but, you know, like, and then... You're telling me that Aaron Rodgers, who has a messed up toe, and the game means absolutely nothing, they're going to play him the whole time? Yeah, even if he goes in for one series. Right. You know, just to get the rhythm of a game flow going. Which I would, I think that's great. I think they should do that. But But that's one series. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could. You could start Derek Carr. They're in a win and get in game, like them and the Chargers. That's that's a type of game you can maximize. But the. The idea that you're going to have to make a decision between Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr for your championship game is kind of disgusting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, a little housekeeping. Um, we went a little long with our championship talk, but, <laughs> you know, we just want to let you know we're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast. I don't know why I can never say that word. It's a very difficult word. Please like and subscribe. Maybe leave us a review. We're on Facebook at Fantasy on Draft Podcast. We also have a bad fantasy football trades page that we'd love to have you check out. Also, our email, Fantasy on Draft. That's D-R-A-U-G-H-T. Fantasy on Draft at gmail.com. Today's episode, we're going to get into some Week 17 news around the NFL. We're going to start some off-season mumbo-jumbo because, again, it's the first week of the off-season not Week 18 championships. Our six-pack of the week will be six trades that we'll say are, were influential. Yeah. 
influential yeah, in our right. season this year and, and going forward. Um, so we're going to do that. But first, let's get into our, let's get into our beer of the day. Um, we actually, this beer was dropped off uh, by Austin yesterday. He's already trying to work on that good juju for next year. <laughs> what a dick. I know. Can but he, he brought us some monkish. Um, foggy window. It's a hazy double IPA coming in at 8.1%, and it's out of Torrance, California, which is down in the, the LA area. And uh, it was canned 122121, so it's super fresh double IPA. Nice. It says it has Citra, Nelson Saab, and Galaxy Hops. Have you tasted it? I have, yeah. And um, first thing that shines through is really that Galaxy uh, Hop presence. Like the Citra shines through at the end, but Galaxy hops are, in my opinion, the prototypical hop you use in these hazy, cloudy, New England, like, sweeter beers. And um, Galaxy Dust being kind of my, the, the one I based all that off of from, from Barrel Bottle. They make an incredible beer called Galaxy Dust. And it's very drinkable, very bright and vibrant, like, nice and tropically, um, super juicy, like, overripe fruit flavors to it. Um, and it, it really shines through in the flavor. And then with the, with the Citra, like it, it finishes off with just a, a soft little amount of bitterness. And, um, you know, again, kind of that pithy grapefruit uh, rind, but not the over bitter, bitter kind. You just kind of get the sweeter aspects of it that's canceled out by the, uh, the Galaxy Hop. So I, I dig this beer. And then Nelson is, normally I, put, I, I associate Nelson with West Coast IPAs, but they go great with anything. I love Nelson hops. My my first sip of the beer, I didn't think I liked it. I don't know, I don't know why. I just was like, I don't know. And then I kind of took a little bit bigger sip and kind of sat with it. And and I do like it. I like it a lot. Uh, it's it's not overly sweet, which I talk about all the time. Uh, and yeah, the Galaxy and Citra are great in it. The the nose on it is is real nice, real fruity. Um, I'm I'm a big fan. Uh, and at eight eight one. Um, this is pretty crushable. I mean, I, t- I took a pretty healthy gulp of it yeah. to get it to get it all in there pretty well, and and I could probably finish one of these in like eight seconds. I'm just saying. Oh, challenge accepted. Well, no, no, no. You, no, no. You'd, win. you'd win. <laughs> I think if we but just I'm both saying. go for eight seconds, I think I think we both win on that. Like just. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's really good. I actually I was trying to come up with a number in my head to rate it, and at first. Literally the first sip, I was like, I don't know. And then I sat with it for a second. And this is a solid eight. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to do decimals this time just for Ken's <laughs> sake. I will again next week. But solid eight, 8.0 for me. I, I really like this. Perfect. Yeah, that's actually the exact same I have for the enjoyment. It's, it's a nice eight for the enjoyment. And then stylistically, it has all the right hops, all the right yeast flavors, the... Um, cloudiness the the protein to maintain stability there's no sediment or anything at the bottom of the beer sometimes you get that and it's kind of an indication that they were a little lazy in their brewing process so i'll give the style a nine man for a new england style double ipa this is exactly what you'd want like i drank a shit ton of treehouse on sunday watching the football games with trevor and um i actually enjoyed this one more than most of those so yeah actually we've been lucky to to get um quite a bit of treehouse for both of us recently and i like this a lot better than than the stuff i've been drinking from treehouse recently and monkish has kind of been the i mean lame to say but treehouse of the west coast i mean there's there's not a ton of stuff that trades for treehouse but monkish will do that pretty well and 
it used to be the same thing. You had to go down to Torrance. You had to wait in line. They, their releases were funky too. They wouldn't, they wouldn't tell you in advance. You just had to show up. It was just, and they, I, I literally have some buddies that were like, okay, it's always the third Tuesday, the second Friday, and the eighth. You know, like they had like this yeah. scientific like pattern that Figured they had the worked algorithm. out, <laughs> and then they would like send somebody there, and they'd be like, nope. <laughs> So, but um, now they ship. Yeah. That's one of the only crazy. good things to come from COVID is you can get beer shipped to you from all yeah. over the place now. Yeah. This, you can go online, you can place an order, and as long as you're in California, uh, they'll ship that bitch to you. Hell yeah. Crazy. Love it. Yeah. I should, I should put in an order. Yeah. I was thinking the same. Let's split it. Yeah. Let's go Hassies. Um, just one last thing, their socials at Monkish Brewing. Check them out. If you get a chance to try this beer, hit us up. Let us know how you like it. Some NFL news and notes for the week. Again, not a whole lot. We, like I stated, are in the off season, so there's not a whole lot. But, I mean, the big one. <laughs> how do you An- not? <laughs> Antonio Brown, he quit. Or he got fired. I, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, today he's releasing some text messages with Bruce, Ar- Bruce Arians. Um, it's a whole mess. But, I mean, you and I were talking a lot about it off air, so we'll have to get into it a little bit more. But he enjoyed walking off that oh, field. It, it was a, it was a and huge... And walk is not the right word. Prince, he enjoyed yeah. dancing and Frolic, prancing. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it, it was the moment, like, I guess we've all kind of been waiting for, you know, um, He's been so all over the place, so erratic the last couple of years. I'll stand by it till I'm proven wrong that the Fontes perfect hit to his head several years ago is where all this crap started because he's never been the same. And this erratic, super crazy behavior, it was kept under wraps for the most part. You thought maybe him and Tom Brady, Tom Brady calmed him down and settled him down and like got him refocused on the game. Yeah, wasn't he and, like in the beginning when he was there? Didn't he stay at yeah, Tom's stay, house he, for he a little bit? Yeah, he at his house, yeah. yeah. And so you're kind of like, okay, sweet. Maybe we'll get one or two more years of, you know, what I thought was one of the most talented wide receivers I'd ever seen. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, just an incredible athlete on the field. And it was kind of exciting to get glimpses of that again and like, okay, sweet. Maybe maybe he's got it figured out. And then it was like, fooled you. Like, <laughs> fuck you guys. It just, just we were watching the games and, and and I start hearing about the distraction of Antonio Brown. I was like, oh, well, I thought they, you know, they must be talking about the past. And then it just shows the clip of him taking off his fucking clothes, like, like Talladega Nights, where he thinks he's on yeah. fire. He's just stripping <laughs> off his clothes and throwing it into the stands and running through the end zone doing jumping jacks as there's a fucking football game going on in the background. Like you could see security guards. Like, is that a streaker? Am I supposed to be tackling this guy? What the hell's going on? Nobody had any idea what was going on. I know uh, we got a kick about. I was asking, I'm like, did they get a 12 man in the field yeah. penalty? Like, I was, I was, I still don't know the answer to that. Yeah, like, yeah. It feels like that should have happened. Uh, like maybe it doesn't count if he's half naked. He's not in uniform. We have a, a dynasty league, and uh, one of our buddies deep made a trade years and years ago for Antonio Brown. Great trade. And on the sleeper app, you can put a player's nickname. And his nickname was like, what was like, stupid idiot or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then like he came back and he was like, who's the idiot now? Yeah. And then that like, <laughs> oh, I am. And now so it's like totally back to like 
I'm an idiot again. It, yeah. <laughs> Back to my old ways. I saw a funny tweet this morning when, you know, they were released all the text messages with him and Bruce Arians and uh, saw a funny tweet from Johnny the Russ that said, you can say a lot of things about A.B., but he always has just the right receipts to bail himself out. <laughs> yeah. And it's like he kind of always does, kind of mm-hmm. has always has just a little bit of an excuse for for everything. And 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 I don't know, you know, he's saying 100% that he was injured and Bruce Arians was making him go into the game when he wasn't ready. And, you know, now the Bucks are saying he refused to go in even though he was healthy and, you know, so... I don't know the truth. I'm not sure, but it just kind of fits Antonio Brown. Yeah, and I'll, I'll stand by this. Like, he's coming off the injury, sure. Um, he played a couple snaps, got a couple receptions earlier in the game, absolutely. Um, if a coach is asking you to go in and you're injured, I don't know the proper protocol for that. I've never been an NFL player, so I don't know. I do know that players are, they do it all the time. They'll go out and line up as a distraction or to draw coverage one other way and just barely do anything on the field. That's, that's a pretty regular thing, actually. But what just will always stand out is no matter how injured he says he is, he was fucking doing jumping jacks in the end zone and running around high-fiving people on his way out with a huge fucking smile on oh, his face. Oh, yeah, just trying to get the crowd like, pumped up, trying to high-five, jump in the stand. Yeah, I mean, it was... You're making it so much about you and just getting up, oh, yeah, look at me. And just the, the, the athleticism he was showing on his way out, that's not somebody who couldn't have lined up as a distraction or anything like that. Again, I'm not saying like if a coach tells you you have to go in a game and you're injured, you shouldn't you shouldn't be forced to do that, right? But if you're if you're capable of jumping around and running around, you'd think you'd want to at least help your team out. Like I don't yeah. I don't know. I just just the the whole act of him leaving. Well, that's what it is. That's your behavior, man. Like you you have to be accountable for that. Like Yeah, and that's a, you know, just something we had mentioned too, like it's it it's just that diva, you know, wide receiver BS that every now and then they have where, yeah. you know, DeAndre Hopkins isn't doing anything like that. You yeah. know, A.J. Green's not doing anything like that. Like, ugh, it's just a bad look for everybody. And no matter what, I mean, no matter what, like, you quit on your team. You totally did. Even if you, even if you were told to leave, like, the way you did it, the, yeah. exactly what you said, make it all about you, yeah. you, you quit on that. Yeah, so fuck them. On a better note, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are good at football. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. Uh, Joey, he went for just, you know, 446 and four, his second game over 400 yards. And Jamar Chase, he went for 266 and three touchdowns, which was more yards and more TDs than Patrick Mahomes in the same game. Love that. Like I was, I was watching it, and I was every time I was getting an alert, another thirty-yard pass, da 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 da, and and I saw the stat line. I was like, dude, he had a more productive day than Patrick freaking Mahomes in a shootout-style offensive exploding game. Yeah. And I, I remember before the game started, they were talking about, um, or they they were interviewing Jamar Chase, and he was talking about his days with Jamar Jefferson, and they were like arguing about if it's an icy or a slushy. And he's like, all right, we'll settle it once for all. Like, before even the season started, he's like, I'm going to go for your rookie yardage record. And, um, you know, 
either way, I think he was going to get it with the 17 games, but he did it in 16 by getting 266. He beat it by 19 yards. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just unreal. It's just crazy. Like he, he's like, they were they were saying, oh, well, you're going to need like a pretty big game before the game when they were interviewing. He's like, I think I got it in me today. <laughs> just Jeez. man, that's a that's a calling your shot that I've never seen calling a 200 yard game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was it was unreal. He was, I mean, catching everything, running away from people. Dude, just making the defense look so bad. Waiting for his blockers to get there, too, and not just, like, for a screen pass. He's already 20 yards down yeah, the field catching yeah. a pass, and he's he's getting behind blockers to break one of the house. It was, uh, he's very, very good, as you had said. Yes. Ugh, yeah. Uh, in the NFC, the Packers earned the number one seed. That's uh, already wrapped up. They have the bye. They're the one team. And the playoffs will run through Green Bay. Also, Aaron's probably the MVP, right? I think he's got to be, right? I mean, Tom Brady has better numbers, but I think just watching them play and what they've done with their team, Aaron Rodgers is, how do you not give it to him? Yeah. I think the great thing about what Aaron Rodgers does is his turnover rate is always, like, minuscule. Oh, yeah. He has four turnovers this year. Two of them were week one. Right, right. Unreal when it comes he, to that. Yeah, yeah, he'll go a whole season. Yeah, four interceptions, five interceptions. Yeah. That's, I mean, some guys do that in a game. <laughs> Baker. <laughs> Leave Baker alone. So I'll, I'll ask you right now. You think he's back next year? I think he's back for sure. Yeah. I think he's back in Green Bay. I think that Devontae's back in Green Bay. I, which is, man, you trade up in the first <laughs> round, draft a quarterback, and then your quarterback that you already have, your yeah. Hall of Famer, gives you back-to-back MVPs? Yeah. I mean, possibly this year could go, you know, whatever. But I don't think he can lose it at this point. Because, yeah. I mean, you know what that is. That's, that's good management by the, by the Packers. They knew how to light a fire under Aaron Rodgers because he was, he was having just, you know, above average years, not great years before that. And then they went ahead and they lit a fire under his ass, and now look what you get. I mean, I think you're kidding, but, I mean, really, <laughs> like, that might be what was needed. You know, he, that, man, that's fucking my mind up. <laughs> he might have retired already if oh, they dude. wouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he yeah. might have just been like, yeah, no, I had a good career. See you later. Good luck finding my replacement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nope. Back to back MVPs. Probably gonna be making it back to the NFC Championship game. I I kind of hope. I hope they get to a Super Bowl. I don't know. There's so many teams. I I, I want to root for in each each division. I think there's so many storylines. I love storylines. Um, you know, from the Rams going with Matt Stafford finally getting a good team to Aaron Rodgers making it back to stick it to the Packers to Tom Brady a fucking gun. Yeah. Um, you know, so, but it, it, I could convince myself to be happy with that story. One of my leagues, it's a redraft league. We do a live draft. We all get together. And at the end of the draft, we hand out a piece of paper and you just write predictions. Oh, we did that. We did that one year. Yeah. Yeah. Football predictions. It can be fantasy related. It can be NFL related. It doesn't matter. You you write it on there. You keep it a secret. You put it in an envelope, and I hang on to them, and then we open them um, on the Super Bowl. And I'm pretty sure I put in there that the Packers win the Super Bowl. All right. Get her done. 
I could be totally wrong. I, I don't know what else is on there. I don't remember. It's kind of we try to kind of try to do that, like just write them out and not really think about them a lot. So I'm surprised. Yeah. Carry on Johnson, running back one. Packers win the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. You were there. <laughs> Speaking of running back one, Rashad Penny. Look at that went off again. Um, he was. He, we looked at it right. He was the number one RB the last four weeks of the season. Yeah, yeah. And you had brought this up, so I'm going to let you take it away here. Go ahead. So, yeah, just another amazing reminder, like, stay on the grind. Work your waiver wire. There's always players like this every single year that, that do something incredible um, that, you know, you can, they're just there for ta- the taking. Drop a couple bucks yeah. of your fab. They can be on your team. Always stay diligent. Um, one of our favorite podcasts that helped us inspire to, to do what we're doing is stay liquid. Don't don't be scared yeah. to like change your philosophy, change what you're doing. Um, at the beginning of the season, five weeks into the season, even you know eight weeks into the season, Rashad Penny was like, "Hell no, he will never be on a roster. He's never going to get another snap." But then opportunity presented itself, and look at what he did with it. I saw a stat: um, 130 yard rushing games. Jonathan Taylor has five on the whole season. Rashad Penny had three the last four weeks. <laughs> like it's crazy. Like you, you. You got to look for those people who come out of college super talented with a high pedigree, and then if they have an opportunity, at least give them a shot. You know what I mean? If if you know they're going to get the opportunity to to be the number one running back, Bell Cow, um, put them on your roster. You don't have to start them, but put them on your bench. After Rashad Penny did it for one week, you would have felt a little bit more comfortable putting them in the next week, and you could be riding yourself to a championship with a six and eight record. Yeah, totally. And you know, you and I talked about this a little bit last week, and I admit that. I, you know, when Rashad Penny started, I was just like, nah, my team's fine. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't need to, and it wasn't even necessarily about Rashad Penny at that moment. I just remember being like, I don't know, like, I don't want to see who's on the waiver wire this week. My team's good. You know, I have a good record. I'm winning. You know, I have four top running backs, you know, like what, what could happen? Well, CEH got hurt. Yeah. You know, Antonio Gibson got put on the COVID list the last week. Like, things happen. And I was lazy. I mean, I don't know. I'm not even going to say that I would have got Rashad Penny or I would have put the right fab on, but I didn't even try. Yeah. I didn't even put a $0 yeah. bid in. Like, I was just lazy and it hurt me. Yeah. I'm guilty of the exact same thing. And that's why this really rang true for me is in, in my big money league, like, the exact same thing. I had stacked I was stacked at, at running back specifically you know and then what happens Fournette gets hurt CEH gets hurt Dalvin Cook goes on COVID Madison goes on COVID the yeah, next week right and then um I'm left with 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 what like <laughs> I could have I could have had that guy right for sure so, right um yeah it's uh, always always stay active you know yeah, just this is this is your end of the year reminder to to play to the bell. Don't let an opportunity pass you by because you were lazy, and that's it. That's what we're reminding ourselves. We're talking to ourselves when we say that, but we're talking to you guys too. That's super important. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a couple injury notes, just because they're awesome and kind of surprising. Um, Cam Akers is in line to get uh, his first run of the season. Yeah. Um, and that's just crazy. I was kind of looking some stuff up. 64% of NFL players return from that injury in 11 months. That's kind of the, the average how long it takes. 
He's at six months. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, originally the Rams did him a solid, made him active so that, you know, he could get a year and he could get paid and do it. But now they're going to – now. Now they're going to play him. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I I still don't, I don't expect him to get more than a handful of, you know, snaps even. Yeah. Um, But just the fact that he's at this point, like in the regular season, I was kind of thinking like, oh, maybe they're going to try to get him back if they get to the Super Bowl or to the the NFC championship game, just so they can have a little bit more depth or juice or something like that. Not even like as their starter or anything, just to have a body out there that's capable of, you know, pass pro or something yeah. like that. And no, they're 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 sending him out there to play. Um, it might be one of those Daryl Henderson things where he doesn't see the field, he's just there just in case. But I mean again, just the fact that they're confident enough to have him on the field in any situation after a, an Achilles um, in this same calendar year is insane. So yeah, that's unreal. Good. Good, good job, Cam. Good work. Um, King Henry. Derek Henry is also, he's designated to return to practice as well. Hell he had a Jones fracture in his foot. And, you know, they're saying he's going to come back. He's going to get to practice. Not sure if he's probably not going to play this week. Um, but, I mean, that's crazy. He, he's going to be in their playoff run. And this is the time of year where the Yeti just starts Dude, killing it. Yeah, like just thinking of arrested Derrick Henry for a playoff run because normally with the last couple years he's put up like 600 yards in the last three games of the season and so when he gets to the playoffs the first game or two he's still over 100 yards and killing it but that that first year where they made it to the championship game he he just looked like I don't know like he just ran for a thousand yards over the last four games so um he looked a little tired so if you can get that guy back and healthy and if he's what we all know he can be it's going to be pretty fucking exciting yeah yeah he's he's great he'll be fun and and they're they're in line to be the number one seed i yeah. mean uh they i think they just have to win this week right i think so yeah and with that kansas number, city loss yeah and then they'll be the number one seed and going through tennessee that would be great to see him at home running some fools over yeah, I yeah. pity the fool <laughs> that'll be great Guys, this week's show is brought to you by A&J Party Center, party supply and rental shop. They have party supplies and rentals for all sizes of gatherings, from weddings, birthdays, prom, graduation parties, grand openings, conferences, concerts, and more. They have a great selection of party supplies and rentals. Then they will happily deliver to your next occasion. Located here in Chico, California at 1801 Esplanade, Chico, California. Find them online at www.ajparty.com. All right, let's get into our question of the week. Miyagi, uh, worst losing story you heard about championship week? Oh, man, um, there, was, there were some heartbreakers out there. The, the, uh, the Najee Harris play, I think, swung so many different directions. It, it was insane. Um, so, you know, right after the game, I'm, I'm feeling really good about myself. I'm posting, like, on Twitter and everything about me winning a championship. So you see all these losing stories. Right, right. It's crazy. Um, but the, I think the, probably the most brutal one that I saw is a guy was down huge, needed a big game from Najee Harris, gets that huge touchdown run at the end, puts him up by half of a point. He's celebrating. He's, like, pulling off this huge miracle. Yeah. It's like wow. a once-in-a-lifetime story you're going to be telling for years. Oh, that Najee Harris – and he didn't realize, you know, because he's going against the, the, the uh, Steelers' defense 
uh, who'd already put up a monster game. He's just like, okay, this will be fine. And then that last Baker Mayfield interception <laughs> just put him down uh, by half a point. Oh, he ended my up, goodness. He ended up losing by half of a point on that last play. Just the emotional roller coaster of that fucking two minutes of your life. Like, not even two minutes of football. Like, two right, minutes of real right, life. real life. Of just, like scoreboarding it, just taking your victory lap, hands in the air. Like, I can only imagine how, how I would have been if, like, Najee would have broke that off for me to win a championship. I would have been running in the, up and down the, the mountain I live on, screaming at the top of my lungs, I'm a champion. I would have oh, been yeah. playing. I would have fired up the Queen soundtrack. I would have been fucking killing it. Like, and then just to check back and, fuck, Ugh. fucking Baker, fucking Mayfield. <laughs> my... Buddy and friend of the show, KD, he texted me after the game, and he had Najee, and he needed eight more yards to win a thousand dollars, to win a thousand dollar league. Um, he needed, you know, he was the runs happening, and he's quickly doing the math: how many yards, how many yards. He needed eight more yards, which he lost because the Browns were losing, and so they did an onside kick. So they got the ball at like the forty. <laughs> instead of the 25 or 30 and that you know that would have been enough to 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 give it to him but so bad the the one i heard that i just think is crazy and bad is um a guy's opponent had the browns defense and so he won on the Najee harris no yeah sorry he won on the Najee harris run the run went all the way made the guy's defense lose x amount of points and uh so he had it. He was good. He won. And then at the very end, after that interception, Big Ben kneeled for the last play of the game, which brought their total offensive yards to 299. And there was a big bonus for being under 300, under 300. yards. So Dude. that one kneel kicked in that bonus, and he ended up losing. Okay, that's a win. Because of that's that. that's way worse. Like yeah. just because a three hundred yard threshold is so like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Like, in an in for it to be on a victory kneel, I I wish there was some way for them to like not have that part of the stats. I know it has to be, but I, like, it's yeah. It, like, it's, so, it's, it's sad because it's only the fantasy players that want it, but at the same time, like, still to have these. You know, for some of these running quarterbacks, I mean, I know, like, I don't know why, but the Ravens never let Lamar do it. Yeah. They always bring in the backup to kneel. And, I, you know, I mean, that's got to save him, you know, 12 yards a game or something like that. And when he's going for 1,000-yard seasons and stuff, it, it just seems so silly. Like, if you just give up and kneel, you just, you're not even trying to do anything. Yeah. Just make it a zero-yard play. Super easy. I mean, nothing changes. Yeah. You, you just... You kneel. You don't even move the ball. You this know, is if what they're they at the twenty. You kneel. You're at the twenty. You kneel. You're at the twenty. You know, like. Yeah, this is what they got to do. They got to start structuring bonuses for offensive and defensive coordinators based on yardage. That'll fix everything. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> like, then, then all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah, because if that if that defensive coordinator would have got a bonus for like being under a three hundred yard game, you know. That'll be something that they could fix. Right. Right. <laughs> that'll never happen. <laughs> All right, man. We finished our beer of the day. What's got you buzzed? What What's got you excited fantasy wise? What are you besides being a champ? Besides being a champ, of course. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a championship. Mr. League. Champ, yeah, the champ of the league over here. I don't know if you saw my little belt right here. I did see your yeah. belt. It's actually blinding me a little bit. I've kind of turned myself away from you because yeah, it's do you really have my 
big shooting. obnoxious championship belt here with me today because that's what champs do. Champs gonna champ, man. Yeah, I mean, can uh, you blame them? <laughs> so, um, so for for what's got me buzz, man, it's just the next phase. Like I I love that dynasty changes throughout the year. We're definitely big dynasty players. Um, I look at it like the four stages, and they're all equally important and fun. And, and right now, it's the scouting stage. So we're already scouting, um, you know, some college players. We're watching tape. I'm really excited for the Senior Bowl coming up because it's you, you're getting to see kind of cherry-picked players who are going to be declaring for the draft going against the same offenses and same defenses. So you get to really see how those players individually are. It's no longer like, oh, they're part of a Nick Saban scheme or they're part of – you know anything like that it's just the players on the field with the same coaching staff and I also right now it's like the time to kind of poach some of the lower tier players um you know you can get them for lower draft picks because people are really into uh trying to pick up draft picks right now I just picked up Devin Singletary for the 2-7 yeah (laughs) and um you know, it's because I think he's a lot of ticket type of player. I think he's going to be better than who I would have got at the 2-7. But people right now are focused on the draft. So you can get a player like that. By the way, he's the wide receiver or running back three over the playoff run for the uh, fantasy playoffs. Um, you know, and then it kind of moves into draft season. You're maneuvering your picks around, trying to maximize your information that you have. You know, meaning, like, for me personally, like, if I know there's 15 players that I'd be happy with, I try to get as many picks as I can, like, through halfway through the second round, basically. And that even means, like, sometimes giving up a higher pick for two picks later because I know I'll be happy with those two players. Um, then you get, you know, the preseason where you trade those players that you drafted and you follow the actual season, you win championships, you know what I mean? You look down on your friends, you talk about it nonstop, you become obnoxious. It's all fun, man, and that's really what I'm excited for. It's, it's really officially, like, now I'm already starting the next process of next season. Yeah, uh, that's, I mean, what's got me buzz is the same thing. It's, it's excited for the offseason and dynasty. I, I moved all of our dynasty leagues into year 2022 yesterday, we got all our draft orders set so we know exactly what pick everybody has so it's no longer i'll give you a early first or a late first now it's i'll give you 1.02 1.01 you know you you know exactly what it is and you know we're ready to rock we're ready to start making trades i was getting you know the way we play we play all year i was getting text messages you know yesterday morning when do trades open up when do trades open up <laughs> yeah. You know, from more than one person. So that's it's my favorite. You know, especially coming off a championship loss, which sucks ass. Um, you know, to be able to okay, let's turn the corner, let's switch it over to the new year, and maybe I can pick up some W's with some trades or something like that. Yeah, so, like immediately. You don't have to wallow in that right. at all. It's just like boom. All right, I guess I gotta fuck up some shit. You know, if you're in a dynasty league and you guys take a break you know, quote, quote, break right now. Well, one, I hate you. But, you know, it's kind of the thing. If I, I could understand, and I can give a pass, there's some leagues out there that, that take a break until the Super Bowl. They want to, you know, hey, let's actually enjoy the NFL playoffs in the Super Bowl. I can, I can get behind it in a way that I'll, I won't hate you. It's not what we do, but I can see it. But, man, I just hear about people like, oh, yeah, we – we closed the league down until the draft, until the NFL draft, or we closed the league down until, you know, April and all this stuff. I just, I, I don't understand it. 
you shouldn't do that. It's soft. It's soft. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stick to redraft. Yeah, yeah. That's that's your lane. You stay over there. Because uh, for us folks who are just degenerates, I mean, I'm still going to enjoy the playoff run. I'm still going to enjoy the Super Bowl. I'm going to enjoy all that yep. when, when the games are on. And even keeping up with the news throughout the week. And you know what else I'll be doing? I'll be watching those playoff games, seeing who's blowing up, and maybe trying to trade low for them or sell high on them. And I will be doing that to help better my fantasy team as well. Exactly. (laughs) I hear that. All right. After you get buzzed, you want to drink more. So we're going to do that. We're going to start with a six-pack. We're going to talk about trades that were influential in our season. They were the good, the bad, the ugly. Some of them helped us win. Some of them just made us better in the future. And some of them maybe set us back a bit. All right, Miyagi, why don't you start us off? Sure. So I'm going to start us off with uh, something I did. It was a win-now trade. So I've got a couple of them. Um, and this one falls under the win-now. I acquired Devontae Adams and a 2024 third and a 2022 third, which the, the thirds were just kind of tossed in just so I felt the trade was a little bit more balanced. Um, and I gave up. This is a super flex league. So I gave up Carson Wentz, which is a good asset, and a 2023 first-round pick. And um, I wanted to, to start with this one because without pulling it off, I wouldn't have had the depth to, to win the championship at all. Like, if I wouldn't have acquired Adams, it, 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 wouldn't, it would have fallen off and I would have been heartbroken in the championship game. Yeah, um, and he, he, he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. He, he was my highest scorer even over, out of Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup. He was 30 points, so definitely he was the highest scorer. Um, and, you know, I, I was working on getting Adams a little bit earlier on in the season. We were kind of talking about it actually even before the season started. He just wanted a little bit too much. Um, but as his season kind of fell off, this is, again, why it's really important to pay attention to what's going on in your league. As his season started to fall apart and he was out of the playoff hunt, he was just trying to get whatever he could get. And he was really weak at quarterback. His only quarterback is Mac Jones. Um, so he really needed a quarterback. So Wentz offers that for the next five, six years, even if he's just your quarterback too, that's longevity and that's a critical position. And, um, and he got a first in, a, in what should be a very stacked uh, draft class and you know he, he gave me wide receiver one for sure actually he's the wide receiver two on the whole year uh, but realistically like he, he, there's some question marks on you had features. Adams you had Adams and Cup I had Adams and Cup yeah, <laughs> yeah I, know. I don't know if you know but my team was really fucking good in that league yeah your championship belt is still blinding yeah, in the, yeah. the eyes right now yeah well, champ's got a champ, bro. There you know, you go. and there so you go. It, it helps to get the number one and number two in the positional groups as, as you can. Um, but the the amount of um, time that Devontae Adams still has with Aaron Rodgers, so I might still have another year or two. So I gave up a couple years of longevity with a quarterback in a superflex league, and I'm willing to do that to chase down a championship. That's just one of those things where if you know you're in a window, go get it right now. That's your job. Your your job is to win championships bring the gold home, bring the trophy home, rub it in the faces of your friends. And um, that's that's what we're on here to do. So this is my I- ideal trade for that. There was a couple other ones where I was going through and I thought, but uh, ultimately I couldn't have won the championship without Devontae Adams, period. Yeah, that that was a really good trade for you. Just like, a, you know, having the one and two just set your lineup so much ahead of everybody else. I'm, I'm glad it worked out. And the guy who made that trade 
Um, you know, we've talked about it in the past, but he had the one-one a couple years ago and didn't take a quarterback. He skipped on everybody. He took Clyde Edwards, and now he was he was quarterback strapped. Like you said, he you know Mac Jones was pretty much it. So he was put himself to a point where he basically had to do something to get a quarterback to even field a roster of you know a quarterback in your super flex spot. So. He kind of put himself behind the eight ball, and you took advantage, and congratulations. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's just one of those things. Pay attention to your league. You know, pay attention to what other teams have. Like, he, he was literally starting um, Mills. In, right, right. You know, like, so um, the more you know about the teams, the more you know what you can offer them and entice them into a trade that benefits both of you. It shouldn't be, I'm just trying to win this trade so I can get the player I want. Right, you, right. you want that, That's how you make trades happen. You, you want both teams to benefit from it. So part of that is knowing what your other league's got going on. How about for you, man? What, what you got going on? Well, so I didn't win a championship. I mean, thanks for bringing that up. Um, so my, my trades are kind of a little more just things that I think definitely set me ahead moving forward. Um, and, and I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, one of my favorites this last year that, that I made, I think I've been pretty vocal that I've been down on DK Metcalf. Um, though a lot of that has been him as a person, not so much him as a football player, but then it kind of coincided with him not being a very good football player either. Yeah, I don't know if that's just coincidence or you were calling it ahead of time, but yeah, he fell off a bit this year. Yeah, so I traded away DK Metcalf, um, who I was happy to get off my team. I traded away Daryl Mooney, who I'm, I'm on the fence for. I think he's a good, a real good player. Um, he's just kind of up and down in fantasy, but he kind of had, uh, he was kind of at his high, I think, when I sold him. Um, David Njoku, who was kind of just a toss-in and then a 23-second, just to kind of sweeten the deal. So DK Metcalf, Daryl Mooney, David Njoku, and a 23-second. And then I got back, what I got for that was DJ Moore, who I'm huge on, and Jamar Chase. And uh, I just, I mean, what we've seen, the, the way that I feel like Jamar Chase was the piece I was going for and DK was the piece that that he was going for everything else was just kind of filler but I think the you know different ways that they've gone this year uh, I feel really happy to have Jamar Chase on my team and then DJ Moore if they get a quarterback I think he can go back to being a a wide receiver one as well so I'm really happy with that trade I got you know both guys are really young I didn't give up a ton of stuff that that I think now it's going to cost you to get Jamar Chase. Um, so I, I'm, I'm happy. I really like that trade. I'm happy to have Jamar Chase for years and years and DJ Moore as well. Yeah, you, you killed that trade. And what's really funny is we were talking about this the other day when we were kind of brainstorming the podcast here. And I had it in my head that you also gave up DJ Moore, and I still thought you won that trade. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, no, dude, I got him and Jamar Chase. And that's, uh, that's, that's incredible, man, because DJ Moore is still very young. And Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow, who, you know, it seems like they've got years of chemistry together in his rookie year because they literally do. They played in college together and lit the world on fire there. It translates seamlessly to the NFL. He's breaking the rookie record of yardage. He's scoring touchdowns. And he just looks like a beast out there. It's like 
he's he's waiting for blockers. He's waiting for plays to develop in front of him, which is a very mature thing for a, a rookie wide receiver to do. And so he's turning a twenty yard pass into a housing it for eighty yards, like consistently. And it's, yeah, it's and incredible. Him and Joe Burrow look like best friends again. I mean, oh, it's just great. Yeah, it's 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 awesome to see. And, and you absolutely killed that trade. And that actually makes me worried because that's in the league that I I am the defending champion now. And it, um, your team is very stacked, and that's a huge part of it. A huge huge part of it. But, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, like, I can, you know, keep it going and, and try to catch up to you. Uh, no. Oh, well, you know, hopefully. I, I don't. I don't want to let that happen. Well, you okay. know, hopefully. We'll see. We'll, we'll talk ah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I'll, I'll dive in here. So I have now for um, my next trade. It's a win later trade. So I definitely am not trying to win now in this league. Um, sometimes you just have to take an honest look in the mirror and be like, I'm not doing much with this team right now. It's an orphan team I took over. There was a couple assets when I first took over the team. I, I went in to try to win. I, I sold some stuff. I made some trades to try to win this year. And as soon as I knew that wasn't really going to happen, I started blowing it up again. Um, so I think the, the most valuable asset I had on that team, and this is, again, a, a super flex league, uh, was Kyler Murray. And you can't just get rid of Kyler Murray for nothing. He's no. the, the dynasty uh, quarterback one, if not, you know, two or three. He's, he's elite. Uh, his rushing ability and rushing stats add on to what's already an explosive offensive arm that he's got throwing the ball around. Um, so to sell Kyler Murray, uh, I got Russell Wilson, who I'm hoping next year rebounds and uh, is either on a new team or has a new offensive coaching staff or something because I still think he's a top five talented quarterback in the league. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he just needs to go somewhere else. Yeah. Jeez. Sometimes you just need a change. You know, he might do the Matt Stafford, go somewhere else, and just light the world on fire. We've always thought he got held back by that offensive scheme, and he still put up incredible numbers. Yeah, I've been, you know, I've said it for years that as a fantasy football player, I just don't really want anything to do with him because of his inconsistency. But as an NFL quarterback, I mean, he's got to be what? I mean, for sure, top five in the yeah. NFL right now. I mean, he's he's great. So, yeah, if he was to go somewhere else, woo. Yeah. So I got him, and I got um, what is the 1-1 in this year's draft, which uh, I'm pretty excited about. That's that's a good spot to be in. I got the 2022 or 2023 first, second, and third round pick. So I got a whole draft class for what should be an incredibly stacked draft class and you combine that with Russell Wilson so I have another quarterback that I get to start for several years Russell Wilson still has I believe several years left on him and two first round picks a second and a third uh, one of those first round picks being the one one I think I put myself in a really good spot to um, acquire more assets and still not take take a huge step down as far as productivity at that quarterback position I do think Russell Wilson um, is spots behind Kyler Murray as far as uh, dynasty goes because of age, but I think on a week-to-week -week basis, they could both put up similar numbers with the contingency if Russell Wilson gets in a new system. I do believe he's talented enough to do that. Yeah, I, I like the trade for you a lot, and that was before we knew that that pick was going to be the 1-1. One -one. You know, it was, we were pretty sure it was going to be an early first, but yeah. to have it actually be the 1-1 one -one is just an extra bonus that I, I do like. And Russell Wilson is one of those quarterbacks I think that he because of his name and because he is such a good NFL quarterback I mean you give that guy the ball with a minute to go down two or five whatever you you know I'm a, I'm a Niners fan so we see the Seahawks all the time when that guy has the ball with a couple minutes to go it's always like shit here it goes yeah you know <laughs> yeah. so 
he also, his name still holds a lot of value. So even if you weren't comfortable with him as your quarterback, you can move him for, you know, a lot of parts and a lot of pieces Absolutely. as well. Yeah. And if he does go somewhere else, I mean, if he was to go to, to Pittsburgh or, you know, Carolina. The Saints or, is where I'm Yeah, the Saints, if right. If you, Saints, you know, if he goes to the Saints and Michael Thomas comes back, man. Yeah. I mean, Michael Thomas will suck. It'll be bad. So. <laughs> yeah, no good. But yeah, I, I really like that trade for you. I think it's I think it's really good. Yeah, I think it's a really good example. You know, you don't have to blow up your team entirely and get rid of everything to completely tank and have nothing left. So I'm trying to be linear, but you're trying to win later. Um, you know, so I think that was the perfect. You know, you want to. The deal with tanking is you still have to feel the roster and still have to get it out. And I think that was a good quarterback to move from where Kyler Murray is putting up. You know high numbers russell wilson brings you down a little bit but still gives you a great quarterback to have in and you know there's there's a difference of selling the farm rebuilding you you're going to be 0 and 14 you know your team's so bad or just being like okay i need to rebuild i need some future assets i'm i'm going to be good next year instead of four years away Yeah, yeah and i think that's the perfect way to do it you sell a really high you know asset like murray and you get some really good pieces, and the one-one, that's great. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, you're not, you didn't sell so much that you're just going to be, you know, the bottom team for the next two to three years. Yeah, I'm not going to be, be floundering around right. just in purgatory, right. just like, oh. You, you, like, I, I still think, like you said, I, I do believe if I draft well in some of the other assets on my team, like, I can compete next year. Um, it, so, yeah. Hell yeah, that, that, that's, that's your goal, guys. Yeah, exactly. Um, my second trade, um, again, was actually, it's just going to help me in the future, I believe. I, I really like the trade. Um, and it happened right dab in the middle of my rookie draft last year. It was a, a newer um, dynasty league that we had started. And I immediately, we did our startup draft, and I felt really weak at wide receiver, so I targeted CeeDee Lamb. This isn't the trade, sorry, I just backstory. <laughs> targeted CeeDee Lamb, so the guy was driving a hard bargain, so I gave him all my firsts. I gave him three firsts for CeeDee Lamb. I stand by it. I'm still happy with that. But then our rookie draft came, and I had zero draft picks, you know, definitely no first-rounders. So I had kind of pulled some magic and traded some guys that I felt I didn't really care care about and then a high second I think I had like two three um and I traded that for the one nine so I got up into the first round and then we were getting uh the first couple guys had gone some of the quarterbacks had gone it's a super flex league so the quarterbacks were going uh pits went and it was just getting and so I started trying to make a deal to move up and I ended up getting the one six um, for my 1-9, uh, I gave up Denzel Mims, who before last season still possibly maybe could have been good. He's really yeah. not anymore. But also a second. I gave up uh, a second in that in that in this year's draft for that. So And then with the 1-6, I got to draft Jamar Chase. And, again, was really, really happy with that. I know they're both Jamar Chase, but I feel like with his game he just had and the season that he just put up, I want to highlight – you know, I felt that was a really good move. I did at the one nine. Um, Etn was there. 
um, who I also think is, you know, a good player. And the guy was happy to get him at 1-9. Um, but I just felt really good moving up to 1-6. I was actually, I was struggling. Uh, it was Jamar Chase or Javante Williams. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then I just was like, you know, I know what to do. Yeah. You want the wide receiver that's <laughs> going to be there 10, 12 years. Yeah. So I pulled the trigger and I'm really happy about that again. Just that's going to, like I had said, I was, I felt soft at wide receiver in that league. Had traded all my picks for CeeDee Lamb. So to then, you know, go into the next season where I felt low on wide receiver to now starting CeeDee Lamb and Jamar Chase, I, I, I just feel really good about that. And, and I, love, I love that thought process on how you approached that. It wasn't a, I need to get up to the 1-6 right now. It, it was a bunch of little moves that right, potentially right. added up to something significant. And I think that's really important um, for, for people to realize that I'm a huge proponent of making big trades. I like to get the guys I want. I like to make big moves and, you know, be damned with the downfall afterwards. If, but those, those are available to me because you can do a lot of little trades to gather assets so you can get tiny little pieces like two twos can equal a one you know if you if you do it right right and you know you add another you, you can add a first rounder with another second rounder to get up into the top five and sometimes that jump in talent from the top five to the end of the first round can be huge it can be it can be it can be big and so f to take those little steps and combine a couple trades together to get up in that, you know, top six in this case, um, and to land a talent like Jamar Chase is is insane. That's that's a great great work, and that's how that's how dynasty works. That's what a lot of people get confused about dynasty and redraft because redraft it's player for player. Sometimes it's two players for one player. I like to do that, so I get two right, off my right. team to get one good one. But dynasty is so much more than that, and that's why you have all year to do it. You can move around because everything changes value. Those picks didn't have the same value that they did a month before that. Oh right, you know. Right. So it you have to. It's it's about timing and knowing what's going on in your league and kind of knowing the cycle of how uh, the dynasty offseason works. And and that's what, honestly one of the real big reasons we're doing this podcast. We're really excited to kind of share that information with everybody because we've spent years learning it. And um, we, we're, we're in enough leagues with enough people. Sometimes we, we started thinking, like, do these guys really get, like, do they understand how this is working right now? And so um, that's a perfect example of, of why Dynasty is super badass. So that's, a, that's an awesome trade for you. I love that trade. Yeah, I, I was really happy for it. And like I said, now I feel like I'm pretty pumped at wide receiver CeeDee Lamb and Jamar Chase for the next, 10 years so i'm happy with that yeah dude anytime you have jamar i'm so i have no shares of jamar chase yeah i just have the two and i'm i'm ecstatic yeah i'm gonna have to get them from you no <laughs> all right and so i'll finish off with my third trade here um and this one it's just it's i still won because i learned from it because i hated it as soon as it fucking happened i hated it um so i traded away michael thomas and jalen waddle you guys know how I feel about Jalen Waddle. Uh, and I got Mitch Trubisky, and he's the handcuff to Josh Allen. I'm leaning on Josh Allen pretty, pretty heavily. Uh, James Conner and a first. And this is one of those scenarios where I'd, I think that was the third or fourth trade I'd made that day. I was going hot and heavy in the trading, and, and sometimes you just need to understand, like, you, you got to stop because <laughs> I always end up doing one trade too much. Um, and... 
I'll just walk you through the whole process here. So, so Michael Thomas had just announced that he wouldn't play again for this whole year. Uh, Waddle hadn't completely caught my loving eye. You know, he was doing well, but I hadn't really looked into him so much. Uh, I had Josh Allen, like I said, uh, who the week before that, he'd taken a super scary hit, and I was like, man, I should probably try to get Trubisky, just, you know, just so I can. Um, Connor was taking over and used, getting an ungodly workload. Edmonds was out. Uh, he just had a big game. He had several big games after that. And uh, 2023 draft class, I love. So I love getting a first for that. Um, but the moment this trade went through, like, I realized how much I loved having Waddle on my team. I figured between him and Ruggs, I had my future set up um, for, you know, at the wide receiver position. Uh, and the whole Ruggs thing had just happened the week before. So I still hadn't had it in my mindset that I didn't have two super solid young wide receivers. I, I, I thought I, I, could, I could lose one. It wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, I, so... Thankfully, I was, I was able to trade back for Waddle. I got him back on my team. You're, You're welcome. Yep, yep. You helped me with that one. Thank you. Three-way trades are awesome. Um, but it, it just kind of goes to show, you know, just because you're in the frenzy of trading. Because what happened is I wanted James Conner. That's how it started. And then I saw that he also had Trubisky on his team. And I'm like, sweet, I can try to work something out with this. And then it just kept getting more and more. He offered me too much. I countered. We kept going back and forth. And I kept countering just to try to make the trade happen. And I didn't realize, like, I, I don't need to do this. I could have walked away from that trade at any moment, you know. And um, when that ends up happening, you don't always get lucky to – I mean, luckily the guy I traded with, Joe Griff, he, he's, he's pretty chill about everything. We still ended up working out another trade later because I told him as soon as it was over, I was like, hey, man, if you trade Waddle, like – I, I want I want him back. So let me let me know if he, if he's going to be on the market for anything like that. And we ended up talking. You got involved with it. There was a three way trade. Everybody felt happy with it. I was super glad to get him back. Um, but that's just one of those things where like you, you 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 stop and you think about like why the fuck did I do that? Like why did I like I I wanted these players but not at the cost of this. I overpaid for something that I didn't even really necessarily want. I just wanted to kind of close a deal because it was something we were going back and forth on. And when when that ends up happening, just take a break. Just stop and think, you know, do do I really need to pull this off? You know, give it even an right, hour. Right, right. Because it was, it was hot and heavy back and forth. We were going pretty rapid fire, so. Yeah, I I remember right when you made the trade, you were you were so just disappointed to to lose Waddle. And uh, I remember you saying how you told Joe, basically, you want him back. And so I started super sleuthing and looking through and looked at your team and looked at his team. And I had a bunch of picks in that league. So I ended up working my way into the deal where you got Waddle back. And I knew you were willing to overpay a little bit. And I ended up getting Kittle out of the deal. I mean, I, I paid quite a bit. I had lost Dawson Knox in a first, I think. Um, and then Joe gave up Waddle, and I think he ended up with a, a draft class, first, second, third, something like yeah, that. Yeah, so. that's exactly how it went down. And, and that's a, a good um, representation of a trade that everybody wins, too. I mean, you gave up. Like, I got, I got Waddle and Knox. And at the time, Knox was still killing it. I mean, yeah, he, yeah. he goose-egged me in the finals, but he's still – I think he's the tight end six on the year. He's, he's doing okay. And he's young, and he's going to be with Josh Allen, who's my quarterback for a you long have time. You stack, yeah. Yeah, it, so, so that's great. You got your boy Kittle, who's just one of my favorite players to watch. Uh, he's a big old fucking goof, and I love watching him play football. Yeah. And, and, yeah, Joe, who's um, 
you know, trying to rebuild his team right now got first, second, and third, and that's that's a great thing to acquire as well. So I think everybody won that trade. Yeah, no, it, it worked out definitely for all of us, and I was happy to get Kittle. Um, my third trade is, I'm going to say it is the exact reason that I lost my championship. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. You got it, man. But um, it was a trade that was done earlier in the year, and I hate it. I don't know what I was doing. Um, I had an idea in my head that Curtis Samuel, when he went to Washington, the football team, that Rivera was just going to, I don't know, turn him into what everybody thought he was going to be in Carolina and better. So I yeah, was. Yeah, you weren't alone in thinking that, though. I like know, everybody but was I was like that. hellbent on getting it. Um, and so I sent, I got Curtis Samuel and then Hunter Bryant tight end um, for the um, Browns. I just was, you know, thought he looked athletic coming out. So I, I was happy to get Curtis Samuel and Hunter Bryant. Um, I gave up Noah Fant, which I think is a good tight end, and I, I was okay with it, but for some reason I threw in a second. Yeah, that's weird. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I got Curtis Samuel, Hunter Bryant, gave up Noah Fant in a freaking second this year. I don't, I don't know what I was thinking there. But in the finals... I played Austin, who had Noah Fant. Noah Fant had a great game. Yeah. He scored 18.2. I lost by 15.4. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't know that. And then so I was like, well, what did his other tight end, you know, like what other tight ends did he have on the roster? Yeah. And he had Foster Moreau, oh, who geez. scored 1.4. So, jeez. I would have, you know... Not only should I have held on to the second, I should have held on to Noah Fant. Curtis Samuel didn't play a snap for me all year. I don't. He didn't play very many snaps for the football team. Hunter Bryant's on my taxi squad. I mean, it just to have it come back full circle and Noah Fant put up 90-something yards and a touchdown in the championship game um, because you know he has Hawkinson who was on IR. He was out. He pretty much would have been stuck playing Foster Moreau, and yeah, that's <sighs> that's super tough. And I would have been trying to blind you with my championship belt. Oh, we would have just combined forces and just would have lit the world on fire with that magicness. But yeah, that's um, that's that's one of those dangerous things about traits because it's a gamble, right? Like, yeah, our our whole our whole approach is you know if you over scout and over research and you educate yourself you can see these patterns or you can see the potential in players and, and you want to acquire them before they blow up you know what i mean you want to get that um on your roster before you have to pay right. a, a ransom for it so you're buying potential there because hunter bryant coming out of college like he did have some potential and he still does tight ends take a while did you see what he did in week 17 Two touchdowns or something. One, one, and one. Boom. One catch, one yard, one touchdown, baby. It's the Jimmy Graham stat line. Right I actually, there. <laughs> in a, actually in a league, uh, it was a third place game, and I didn't win that one either. <laughs> but I actually had to pivot to Hunter Bryant because I had Kareem Hunt, who was, you know, it was a Monday night game, and yeah. he was uh, not last minute, but he was kind of a game time decision, and was ruled out. So I, I had to pivot to Hunter Bryant. 
and had the old one 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 stat. Hey man, that'll keep you afloat for sure. Won't sink you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, loved it. Yeah, and then the second round pick. I don't know why you threw that in there, man. That's it. yeah. Like honestly, I was looking at it. I don't know who the trade was with. I was trying to look it up real quick, but it, you, you probably could have got Curtis Samuel for a second. That means you paid Noah Fant for Hunter Bryant. Right. So, right. Yeah. Um, no, it was it was bad. Yeah, I mean sometimes it's one of those things. You know, we listen to to a couple podcasts. One of them's famous. He says, you know, uh, overpay now is underpay later. So Sometimes, so that could have been your thought process there, but that can also lead to you not winning a championship. So it's a risk reward type of thing. And now I, I was going to try to make justifications, and there's there's not really <laughs> not really one there. The second just makes it so much worse. Yeah, because when Noah Fant came out, it's weird. Him and Hawkinson went to the same college, same right? college, and yeah, they were came both out like, same time. yeah, incredibly highly regarded tight ends, both coming out of the same school. is weird, and they're both incredibly physically talented so they're uh, hawkinson shown a little bit more of it but you see those flashes from fan that dude's a beast man yeah yeah all right man those were our trades those were some of the trades that we felt affected our our season and like i said for me they're pushing me ahead in you know years to come uh miyagi was showing you some that directly helped him win this year and we've said it before we'll say it again you're trying to win this year so his team was going for it he did what he needed to win this year my teams didn't quite have it but i'm giving myself that push for next year and the year after to again win that championship hell yeah (laughs) um we don't have a drunken trade of the week this week right now most leagues don't have trades going on um, we are aggressive traders. Already trading. Yeah, we we're already on we're on day two of the off season, and there's already been four or five trades in yeah. our leagues. Already. We made a trade yesterday. Actually. We did make a trade yesterday, okay. and I really like the trade. We'll just mention that as our undrunken trade of the week. Um, I had put who did I put? I put Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, my boy. Yeah, yeah, I put Cooper Cup on the trade block and instantly got an offer of Travis Etienne in a second, um, which intrigued me. I wasn't ready to take it, but it intrigued me for sure, and I went into the counter button on Sleeper to look and see things that I wanted to counter and possibly work out, and Miyagi was kind of right there, and all of a sudden I saw him on his phone, and he sent me some stuff, and then he, he so he sent me, and I popped up trade from Miyagi, and I'm trying to get to it, and he's like, ah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to erase it. I'm getting. I'm gonna delete it. I hated it as soon as I sent it. And then he was like, "Okay, no, I'm gonna leave it for a second. And I was trying to get there because usually that means he's, over, you know, he's giving something up that that he really likes. And opened it up, and I was I was happy with it. Um, J.K. Dobbins and a second um, for Cooper Cup. And I was like, "All right, I'm gonna take it." And he was like, "Oh, fine." And so I hit accept. <laughs> And my phone gave me a weird error message, and I thought he had erased it. I tried it again and accepted, and it went through. And and I'm really happy to get J.K. Dobbins in that league. Um, Cooper Cup is amazing. I get it. The wide receiver won. I mean, the the amazingness that is Cooper Cup, I I was happy to get J.K. J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, and and I love Dobbins. Like he was he was my my sweetheart for that draft class, and I um, did some maneuvering to get up high enough where I could get him, and I held on to him on my IR all year. That's why I hated it. Like I I I, I like the trade now. I sat and I thought about it. I love having Cooper Cup on my team. I think it's a good trade, but just the uh, 
I don't know, emotional investment I've made in having Dobbins on my team to not have him for a year where he's playing and doing Dobbins type of things that I expect that he's going to be doing pretty consistently over the next two years. I, I, I was sad about that. But, um, you know, looking at my lineup, I definitely needed a wide receiver. Uh, and I, it, it just really sucks because next year I would have been rolling in with Christian McCaffrey and Dobbins, and that would have been a scary one-two punch. But um, overall, I'm very happy with the trade. And so, Yeah, we put it out on Facebook to the world, and I definitely got voted the loser. But I'm pretty happy with it. I also was able to shop Zeke in that league because I kind of wanted to get out from under him, and I was able to do that comfortably knowing that I had J.K. Dobbins coming in. Yeah, that's right. That, that trade makes a lot more sense after I put it together that you had Dobbins on your roster. So right, yeah. right. So that was our undrunken trade of the week. Uh, we'd love to have you on our Facebook page. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Were you assuming I wasn't drunk just because I was working? Oh, shit, that's a good point. <laughs> that was our semi-drunk <laughs> trade of the week. Thank you. Um, you know, just we'd love to have you on our Facebook page, uh, Bad Fantasy Football Trades. It's a page where we'd love to see people, you know, the bad offers they get or the bad trades they see go down in their league. We, we love to look at them, laugh at them, and sometimes we put them on here. Yeah, it's a lot of fun on that page. There's a lot of smack talk and a lot of education, too. Like, people actually have reasonable discussion, so it's kind of a fun page to be part of. Yeah, yeah, check it out. We'd love to have you. Um, I think that's about it for us, Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, great episode. It feels really good. Like, my posture is high, this crown on my head, uh, the trophy next to me, the belt around my waist. Like, I don't know what it is, but my back is super straight today. I feel really it's, good yeah, about it. Yeah, it's probably the belt holding you. Holding yeah, yeah. You up. It's, like a, it's like one of those back braces. It's so big, man. I'm going to have toned-ass calves. That's calves of a champ, dog. Yeah, it's, it's shiny. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's for damn sure. Just like my future. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We're happy to have you. Just a reminder, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify. Please rate us, leave a review, subscribe, do all the things that we love to have you do. Um, you know, it, it helps us out in the long run, it helps other people find us. Uh, you could also send us a message on our Facebook page, or you could send us an email at fantasyondraft at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys. Congratulations to the champs out there. Mostly me. Except Austin. <laughs> and, yeah, cheers, guys. Tip your bartender. And if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs>